name is Tracy Cook and welcome to the podcast series Victim to Victory. This series gives a voice to those that have overcome obstacles in all forms, that dare greatly to share their real stories. Amazing humans like our upcoming guest that have seen hope and risen above those adversities to become victorious, that now support and inspire others to do the same. And today we're giving a voice to Amelia Johnson. Welcome to Victim to Victory. Oh, thank you, Tracy, for having me here. I am so excited to be with you. Well, we're excited to have you, Amelia, because I know how fabulous you are and I know how much of a pet lover you are, uh, the same as me as a dog mum, but I know how you're helping people with their pets. I know how you're inspiring, empowering and educating people in the space that you're in as well. You're changing communities, you're making families happier and healthier as well. And I know that everything you do comes from your heart. And I'm so interested, along with our audience, to get to know you. So, Amelia, who are you and where does your story start? Well, of course, my name is Amelia Johnson. I live in Mountain, Maryland. And as most animal lovers are, I started my story as a child. You know, I bonded instantly with pets and I lived in a suburban area, so there weren't other girls around. So I became a tomboy and a pet lover, but I was mostly with the pets. <laughs> and what drew you to the pets? Was it, um, you know, because you were using your imagination? It was a different love on a different level. It was fun. Uh, you know, what, what really evoked you to kind of go, yeah, I love animals? I'm a nature lover too. So I was always outside and I would observe how the animals behaved and just increased my knowledge of how they behaved and how they loved each other and how they looked out for each other. So I learned about all of that more so than from my limited family. I had a brother four years older than myself. My sister wasn't born yet. <laughs> and it was just my parents. My father worked a lot because that's what you did at that time when you're raising a family. So I just bonded with all the animals. And it wasn't until I got my own pet, my own dog, that it really came to me. This is what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to work with animals. Do you remember one specific moment where you thought, you just said this, you know, it wasn't until you got your own dog, you wanted to work with animals. Was there one kind of defining moment or one kind of feeling that really propelled you on that journey? Yes, because the neighbors noticed what an affinity I had with the animals and they started asking me to care for their animals. So it just evolved. Yes, I could relate then. And those animals became a part of my heart because they were a part of my life. Now, we call them fur babies, don't we? And they are, they're fur babies, they're family. Mm -hmm. And they can bring about emotions, they can be your best friend, they can be your confidant, you know, they can be, they can help you through, you know, troubled times. Um, we call our dog the therapy dog, because whenever someone's crying, she goes up and lays on their lap. <laughs> Talk us through a couple of special moments that you've enjoyed throughout your journey uh, with all the animals that you've been in contact with. 
Oh, goodness. I have a very long journey because I am at that older age. (laughs) So, yes, like many uh, young girls, I wanted to become a vet. And I did go to a college to become a vet and realized that wasn't really for me. I had learned to become a dog groomer. So I excelled at it, you know, and people loved the way that their dogs would come in scruffy and they'd leave feeling like a prince or a princess. So it was that evolution too, that kept me going in with animals rather than dealing with sick animals. I was making them healthier. I was making them more beautiful. The families were proud. And then the families walked a little straighter too. You could see when they came in, they were embarrassed. And when they left, they just had the biggest smile on their face. So I could see how I could impact families through my skills. And that kept me going, but the pets kept me inspired too. So I went from dogs to horses and it was all by chance, but it was divine. You know, it wasn't something I sought out. It was a path that God has led me down. So I got involved with horses and Of course, when you're with horses, you're still with dogs. So I was still doing the grooming, but I was learning how to train horses and achieved that level of training to where we had world champions. And that opened up all these possibilities open up through animals that you might not ever have if you're just, you know, sitting in a cubicle in a corporate office. Now, what do you do with all these horses, Amelia? What do you do with them all? Fortunately, they weren't mine. I was working for other people that had, you know, the wherewithal to go to the world champion level. So I met all these celebrities too. And it was fun realizing that, okay, here, I'm going to give you a story. When I was at the Kentucky Horse Fair, who would walk by but Patrick Duffy? Do you know who he was? I do. This tall, dark, handsome guy, and I just happened to turn around and see him. And now I knew what swooning meant. I had (laughs) never, ever related to a man in my life like that. It was like, and he caught me looking at him and he just got this biggest grin on his face. (laughs) So it's, it's moments like that where you realize you are in the moment and Mm. pets keep you in the moment so all of these horses it was still exciting but it was grueling work you know it's seven days a week 24 7 because you're raising foals you're making sure the horses are fine they're not injured they're doing well you know you have all these consultations with veterinarians with farriers So it was an education in itself. And it wasn't until I was almost killed by a broodmare that I had to stop and think, now, is this a path I want to continue to follow? Um, Excuse me. Can you please tell us about how you were nearly killed by a broodmare? I don't know what a broodmare is, but I really want to know what happened there. You kind of glossed over it, Amelia. This mare was one we had shown. She was uh, one that we wanted to breed, but she was a mare that was very tricky to handle, always had been. We didn't 
have her from a baby and we don't know what her history was. So I was basically the only one that felt safe around her because she would strike out, she'd rear up, she'd, she'd do whatever. And unfortunately, when she was hormonally challenged, <laughs> ready to be bred, she went into a rage. And the person handling her turned her over to me because she felt that mare almost broke her arm. But by the time I got her on the lead, she was so enraged, she wasn't even thinking. You know how people get raged and they don't think, they just act. And that's the way this broodmare was. And she came up and struck me all, you know, in my face. And then when I went down, fortunately, I was in about a foot of sawdust. She trampled me. So it was a hospital for a week, you know, and on, and on IVs. But being the crazy person that I am about animals, I went to the horse show that following weekend because it was already on the schedule. Never mind that I had lost about 15 pounds in the hospital. Never mind that I was bruised and scarred. Fortunately, there was a plastic surgeon when I went into the emergency room and he sewed up my face so I don't look too bad. But, you know, it resulted in other physical issues that I didn't really resolve until a few years ago. Wow. So, yeah, that changed course. (laughs) That is definitely a course changer. And, um, you know, we thank our our lucky stars because uh, we hear all these horrific tales of, um, you know, um, horse horse injuries and horse falls and and tramples. So um, lucky you're here with us today, Amelia. So. Uh, so this led you on a on a health journey. I, I'm I'm believing. <laughs> well, it led me to totally change my thinking. I was no longer going to make horses my career, and by that time, I was in my early 40s. So it was like, yeah, this is a game for younger people. Mm. So I met. I had met a man, decided to get married, and that, of course, changes everything because I needed to be able to spend time with him. The choice I made next was pet sitting and it had become a profession. So I was confident that, yes, I wasn't lowering myself. It was a profession and I just had to build it up in my town. Now, I was a transient in my town and my husband says, oh, people aren't going to trust you. You're not from here. They don't know you from childhood, but I proved them wrong. (laughs) That business grew, and I also trained dogs within that business. And the cool thing was I realized that some of these pets were really unhealthy, and the owners were looking for solutions. And I was looking for solutions for my own dog. So I was able to provide them with solutions through different products that I had found. And then as a result, their pets were healthier, and they were happier, and They remained my pet product clients even for maybe 18 years for the life of their pet. Wow. So that, you know, that really blessed me too, knowing that through my searching and through my insider information, I was able to help them not make the same mistakes other people were making, you know, and to to get that source, that life force that would keep them happy and keep their pets healthy and happy. And were the pets mainly kind of unhealthy because 
that they didn't know what to feed them, they weren't exercising them, they weren't spending quality care time with them, or was it a variety of of those kind of factors? What stood out to you the most? Well, people are busy. Mm -hmm. So they don't always see what they're missing in the care of their pet. So yes, it was like with the cats, the cats needed a better environment. Maybe they needed, you know, a place to look out the window. Maybe they needed a lot of toys. Maybe mm -hmm. they needed just more interaction because some cats would hide when I would come in. So it's a matter of spending time with them that you don't just come home and you ignore all your animals. Mm. You know, mm. um, the dogs, they needed a way to exercise their dog without feel, feeling guilty because if the weather is bad, you can always exercise them mentally. So it's more of an enrichment program and knowing that, you know, we as pet owners have evolved also. It used to be the dog was kept out in the backyard on a chain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was, it's changed, hasn't well, it? <laughs> now you have to ask them if you can share their bed. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's how it is too, isn't it? For sure. <laughs> For sure. And this has led you into um, being an author as well, because your love of pets has really transcribed over into writing about your journey as well. Tell us a little bit about the chapter and the um, collaboration book you're in at the moment. This has really been a blessing and I've learned a lot as I wrote the chapter because the chapter title is, what if you could prosper while playing with your pet? And I, I think that title, <laughs> you know, we as animal lovers, pet owners, we want to be able to spend time with our pets, but we may be off having to earn a living to support our pets. Mm -hmm. What if you could do both at the same time? And that's where I did evolve to. I found the type of business that allows me to do that. So now that business even helped me to care for my parents because I had to shut down the pet sitting business and the dog training business in order to, you know, move 200 miles away to care for my parents. And if it hadn't been for that type of income online, I wouldn't have been able to do that at all. And that's where I see people getting, they're conflicted. You know, do mm. I leave my job to care for my parents or do I just ignore my parents and, and let fall what may? And I couldn't do that. I couldn't. Mm. My parents had always been my fans. So I had the blessing of being able to stay with them until the end and know that I actually got to know them better, you know, in their final years. Because oh, when you leave at an early age, you don't really know your parents. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. And it's just so, so writing, important. We can't get that yeah, time writing, back. In writing that chapter, I realized how blessed I was to have gone through all of this and to know that it's the relationships that count and will continue to count. Definitely. And when did you first realize that you wanted to be an author and share your story? When people were relating to me, they were crying on my shoulder. They had been through, because I talk to a lot of pet people and because I compete with my dog, 
I hear these stories, I hear these questions, I hear the end, the inner voice, like what is it you are doing that you're able to be out here any time of the week, you know, any day of the week, any hour of the day. So I know people need to hear my story and they need to be motivated by my story, inspired and have hope. And that's basically why I felt that I should contribute to the book. And what was one of the most surprising things that you learned in writing your chapter? Hmm. How much effort goes into it. (laughs) (laughs) And how not, I don't want to use the word not, how to really lead the reader through their own lives so that they can relate to what it is I have been through and just to move them and to to show them that they are where they are supposed to be right now, but there's more and they can stay open to more opportunities and let it evolve. Open to more opportunities and um, hasn't uh, the world in the last couple of years really opened up that space so that we can be more open to more opportunities as well. And what do you wish the reader of your chapter will take away the most? (laughs) There was a quote that I am going to say from a judge and she said, the greatest gift that you can give yourself is to find something you are naturally adept at and find a way to make a living at it because every day will then be a play day. Nice, nice. Every day is a play day. And you've definitely done that. You've found something that you're good at, that you're an expert in, that you've done all of your life with passion and purpose, and now you're making a profit from it, from your business as well. And you can do it from anywhere and have time freedom almost as well, which is fantastic. And do you feel as though you needed to go out of your comfort zone to be successful as well? Because this book is all about going outside, uh, all about thriving without leaving your comfort zone. So what are your thoughts around that? Every time I tried to leave my comfort zone, I bombed. I, I was in a legal profession for a, a little teeny bit, like a couple years, and it was it didn't serve me. And as a result, I wasn't able to serve others, you know, in a manner that I was expected to serve. So to me, staying in the comfort zone with my love for pets and just instead of staying in one career with pets, when I wanted to move on, I could just move to a different career with pets. But I still stayed in my comfort zone with that love for pets. I love that. I love that. And it's okay to stretch ourselves a little bit, you know, with our passion. Um, But that's where we thrive. We thrive from that comfort zone. We thrive from really knowing ourselves and being in alignment with our core values and our beliefs and just kind of building on it without kind of going boom all at once, you know. Um, So I'm so glad that you touched on that. And I know that the book is uh, The Power of Yes, 
presents um, building your network marketing business without leaving your comfort zone. And I love the endorsement that Joe Vitale from The Secret um, actually wrote, and it's on the front cover of the book as well. And it says, dreams do come true. Get this book as the first step towards them and expect miracles. And the, the great producer, uh, the fabulous Stacey Hall, uh, the producer of the book as well, she just collaborated all of the many authors and all of their beautiful stories in the chapters and just has presented it so well in this uh, number two book in the power um, of Yes series. And it's available on Amazon. So uh, everyone can jump on and, and read your, your chapter uh, in there as well and um, be able to connect with you and know more about their pets as well. Um, and you'd be open to answering people's questions and um, receiving correspondence so that you can help people with pets as well, I'm, I'm assuming. Absolutely. And I just want to add that I have foundation words whenever I got my new puppy after losing my parents and my dog. And I named him Miracle Living with Gusto. Oh, so I like Gusto. that. That's so cool. But every day I wake up, I start my day with Gusto. So mm -hmm. it's Miracle Living with Gusto in my life. And I wish it for everybody else. Oh, that is fabulous. Now, now tell us, Amelia, what have you got coming up in this powerful 2022? What's coming up for you apart from being, uh, you know, an Amazon number one author? <laughs> We've already ticked that off and we're only the first week into January. So what else have you got coming up for 2022? I'm actually releasing a course for people that are in a dog sports world. <clears throat> excuse me and it is a course about fast cat which is a hundred yard dash my dog is number one in that sport for his breed so it was only natural again it was only natural and in my comfort zone to create a course around that so that other people could enjoy the course I love that that is very exciting and people need that <laughs> We're spending more time at home. We're spending more time with our animals and pets. And, you know, maybe we're revisiting all of that, seeing what's around us. We're, we're more aware of what's around us now as well. I'm very excited for you. That is fabulous. And what kind of message would you like to leave our audience on today? Never, ever give up. Stay with your love for pets if that's where you're at. Learn to keep them your focus, be inspired by them and smile with them every day and let every day be a play day. I love that. I love that. Let every day be a play day. You need to Twitter that or something or put on a shirt. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for, for being brave to share your story and let us, letting us get to know you just that little bit deeper today, Amelia. And we'll be sharing where to connect with you. You're so appreciated. Congratulations again on the Amazon number one bestseller, uh, the collaboration book, The Power of Yes, building your network marketing business without leaving your comfort zone. It's number two in the Power Book series, available on Amazon. You can find the Victim to Victory podcast series on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and our Facebook group. So please subscribe, share, and comment 
to help be the change that the world needs, just like our fabulous guest, Amelia Johnson. And let me leave you with a message of step into your story, figure out who you are and do it on purpose. Thanks a lot, Amelia. Bye for now.